I want to pray for everyone. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for this morning. We want to thank you for the love that you've given to each and every one of us in this opportunity that we're able to hear your word. Father, speak to me, speak through me, and speak for me. And may you receive all the glory. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Let everyone say, Amen. Amen. I'm going to read Genesis 22. After these things, Genesis 22 verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said, to her, and said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took, uh, took two of his young men with him and said, said to his son Isaac, and he cut, the, he cut the wood, the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together, and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, My father, he said, here I am, my son. He said, Behold this, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Verse 8 says, Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, Behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by, the, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of a son. So Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. If ever I've read anything in the scriptures that was very difficult to, to digest, it's this one here in Genesis 22. How God could ask Abraham for such a thing. He's asking Abraham to give his son over as a burnt offering. If I think back in my own walk with God, my testimony about God, the, the very first person that jumps into my mind is my son. Before I even gave my life to God or before I even sat down and opened the word of God, God revealed himself to me through my son. The sort of person that I was before my son was born was that I didn't really care about anybody's life and I didn't really care about my own life. The only thing I ever cared about was the group of guys that I was with and the cause that we thought was worthy. I said to myself, if I was going to give my life to anything, I'll give, myself, I'll give my life to that. But I had no respect for anybody else. I just didn't, didn't have any. The only people I had respect for was the group of friends I had. And 
almost anything I went out to do, I did it ruthlessly because I didn't care about my own life. A girl that I was seeing at the time rings me up and she tells me that um, we're going to have a child. And I remember saying to her that I was going to be a terrible father. There's no way in the world we're going to go ahead and, and, have, this, and have, this, have, have this baby. And I remember telling her that, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to be a dad. And she said, oh, okay. I don't want to talk to you about it. And if you don't want to be there, then that's okay with you. That's okay with her. So she ends up, you know, putting the phone down and we, I try to make arrangements with her to try and, you know, pull away from, you know, the idea of having this kid. And in the end, we ended up not talking to each other for about nine months. A family relative of hers calls me up after nine months and I was stubborn. I was, I had my, I had my father's stubbornness. Didn't talk to her at all, didn't, didn't care about anything after that. But nine months later, a family relative of hers calls me up and, ring, and, and says, um, I just want you to know that you had a boy today. So I just put down the phone. I sat there with a group of guys and we were just like, you know, talking. But my, my mind was turning and I was thinking about whether or not I should go and see this boy or not. Something shifted inside me and I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go and see this boy. I'm just going to just show my face and, 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 and leave. So I convinced the guys, and we all jumped in the car, and I remember the day like it was yesterday. We drove to Waitakere Hospital, and we got to Waitakere Hospital. We waited till every single person and her family had left who were there to visit her. And as soon as everyone had left, I told the boys, I'm going to be in and out. I'm just going to show my face, and I'm gone. They said, all right, we'll be in the car. So I jumped out of the car, walked inside. What I didn't realize was that something was going to take place as soon as I walked into the hospital. I was walking in there as a person, as I said, that, who did not care about life, did not care about anybody else's life, and I don't have respect for anybody, just the crew that I was with. And as I was walking into this hospital, I walked in there, his mother is, a, is asleep, but he's asleep on the other side, and he's awake. Oh, sorry, he's, he's, his fingers were, like, sticking up, and he's looking at his fingers, and that's... That's the image that I can still remember as I was looking over to him. And for me, this is the very first time I'm starting to, you know, I'm, I'm at the hospital seeing a child that belongs to me. You know, this is my flesh and blood. For me, it was like, this is like my second chance in life. And it's like, look, like, look this, this boy is me. You know, I couldn't believe that this, this boy is like a part of my body. And so I was like walking over to him just to, just, just to have a, a look at his face and look at his fingers. And I was like making sure all his fingers were all there. And I picked this boy up, sat at the edge of the bed, and I had, held him close, close to me. I couldn't take my eyes off the boy. I, I couldn't even, I couldn't, uh, you know, I just, I just couldn't. couldn't couldn't stop holding him close to me, and I could, I could feel his heartbeat. I could feel his, his breath on my neck, and I was just like so excited. I was so happy, and I, I caught myself smiling a few times and just looking at this boy, and I was so excited that, that, that this is my son. And what was supposed to be an in-and-out moment ended up being a three-and-a-half-hour moment. I was talking to him as if he could, as if he could understand me. And I was, you know, pulling funny faces and stuff. I was just, I just couldn't believe this boy was me. You know, this is my son, you know. And, and this whole time before he was born, I thought I'd never be a good father. I'm looking at him like, this is me. And for the very first time, I was fully in love. I was in love with the boy. And so I turned to his mother and I said to her, 
listen, whatever you've purchased him, return it. Because I want to be the first one to buy his first outfit. You know, I want to be the first one to buy his first formula. Whatever it is, I just want to be the one to, to, to say that I was the first guy to buy this. In fact, I'll be the first one to come here and take him out. So I'll get him a kasi. I was saying all oh, these things. So I, was, I was just excited about life again. And as, as I was making my way out of the hospital, I was like thinking to myself, I'm, I'm a father and I, I can't wait to see this boy again tomorrow. But if I'm going to see him tomorrow, I have to survive tonight. So that means I'm going to have to start caring about my life now. That means I'm going to have to start caring about my life. And so here I am walking out of this hospital. I'm making my way over to the boys. And, the, you know, the windows were down. A lot of smoke butts out the window. They'd been there for three and a half hours. I jumped in the car. And the driver looked at me and he said, in and out. I didn't say anything. I was just sitting there. I was like thinking, oh, man, I've got a boy. It's my son. Car reverses and it comes out onto Lincoln Road out in West Auckland. And the driver went to do a burnout and he, he, he went to do a burnout down this road, Lincoln Road, and just take off. And I remember the car just picking up speed and I said, Hey, this road here is 60. So you go 50. Driver's looking at me like, What the heck is this guy on? And he looked at my face, I was, I, was, I was serious, and he looked at me and he said, dude, just chill, man. Man, I'll get 45. <laughs> and I said under my breath, you could hit somebody's, somebody's father or somebody's son on the road or something, you know? Like you could have an accident, that could be somebody's. All of a sudden, I started thinking about other people. I started caring about other people's life. And, you know, we went to the supermarket one day, and me and the boys were in there, and I've and I, and I got to tell you, our, our normal tongue, or, you know, it was like every second word was a curse word, you know, that that's just normal for us. And as we're down one of the aisles in the supermarket, the boys are just talking in their normal tongue, you know, and curse words and everything. And around the, around the corner walks this man and four of his daughters as they were in the supermarket. They walked into the aisle that we were in, and I turned to the boys and said, hey! Watch your language. <laughs> like, what? I said, it's a father and his kids, man. Show some respect. So all of a sudden, I started respecting so many people. I was so in love with, with my son. And, and here's the thing. God reveals himself to us in love at times. And so for me, my first experience of God was through my son, who changed me in a way that I started loving my life and, and loving others. So looking at, and as I'm reading Genesis 22, and I'm seeing that God would ask Abraham to make a sacrifice of his only son, his only begotten son. It was, it, was, it, was like, it was like, this is your legitimate son, your legitimate heir. You're asking him to make that sacrifice. And how on earth are you supposed to do And then secondly to that, I'm, as I'm reading this story, I'm thinking, how is Abraham responding to that? How could Abraham respond to that? How could he agree to that? Abraham was able to trust God and surrender to the will of God because he's had a journey with God and he's, he, he's, he's walked with God. You see, this chapter 22 in Genesis is the last time God was going to ask Abraham or God was going to test Abraham again. This was going to be the last time. And God had spoken to Abraham seven times. 
in Scripture. This is going to be the last time that God speaks to him, and he's going to test him. And Abraham had gone through some things with God. They had walked together, and almost everywhere God had taken Abraham, God had tested him, and his faith begins to build through the sacrifices that he made, through everything that, 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 that God took him through. He became a warrior spiritually. Because of the amount of battles and the amount of sacrifices he had made. And looking at the sacrifices he made, he made like five sacrifices. The first sacrifice he made was when God told him to leave his own home, his own country, and he left. The second thing that he had to sacrifice, he sacrificed his extended family in order to follow the will of God. His nephew Lot was also he sacrificed his nephew Lot, his, his relationship with, with his nephew, and departed from him because of his trust in God. He also gave up his son Ishmael. And finally here, God is asking him to give up his son Isaac. And by this time, he is able to do it. He is able to trust God because of the things that he's been through with God. Let me illustrate that for you. When I was training to become a powerlifter, my coach said to me, how much can you squat and how many reps can you do? I told him, I can squat 180 kilos and I can do 10 reps. And he says, awesome. I'll see you tomorrow and we'll, and we'll start from there. We meet up at the gym. I stacked on 180, building up to it. And then he says, all right, let's, let's see those 10 reps. So I picked up the 180 kilo squat, right? And I started. I went one, two, three. And I was smiling because it felt so easy as I'm, as I'm squatting them. And then as soon as I get to about six and seven, I started struggling. I, went, I got to six. I was like, Ugh. as soon as I got up there, he goes, right, one. I said, no, that's six. He's looking at me and he says, no, no, that's one. Go, go for two. And I was, uh, I was really angry at him at this point. So I put the, put the bar back on the rack and I looked at him. I said, that was six. And he said to me, no. You don't count the ones that you're comfortable with. You count the one that you struggle with. So when you start counting, because the one that you struggle with grows you. The one that you do easily doesn't do anything for you. So he says, so pick it up and start counting it from the rep that you started struggling with. So I was really upset by that, but I had to trust them. So the next Rep, I went to take, I could only do another two more. So when I put it back, he said, that's three. So next time somebody asks you how many reps you could do with 180, it's three. Well, let me tell you something. When we go through a journey with God and God takes us through some things, the only reason God is taking us through these things is because he's building you up for something that he's preparing for you in the end. Every single thing that Abraham sacrificed, God was able to bless them abundantly because God was leading him somewhere. God had a plan and a purpose for his life. So this is the final verse I want to read you. In Genesis chapter 22, Verse 14, it says, so Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. When Abraham went to sacrifice his son, God gave him a substitute, which was a ram that was behind him. He trusted in God and he actually knew that God was the resurrection. So he knew that if he took his son's life, that God would resurrect his son. But just before he could even bring the knife down on his son, God said, stop, take the ram behind you. So he goes and takes the ram behind him 
and sacrifices it. But right there on that hill, he looks to another hill that's in the north, 300 meters away. And here's what it says in the final verse, Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The actual Hebrew for provided or Jireh is actually seen. So you can actually translate it as, so Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will be seen. On that, on that mount, the Lord shall be seen. So while he's sacrificing his son, he looks 300 meters away on another hill. While he's, while he's about to sacrifice the ram, sorry, he looks on the other hill and he sees a vision of Christ on another hill called Golgotha. In John chapter 8, Jesus said to the Pharisees, Abraham saw my day. So while he's about to make a sacrifice, on another hill, he sees hope. Every sacrifice that we make and every time we surrender, you look ahead. And as you look ahead, you see that Jesus Christ himself is giving to you. He's made a sacrifice for you. He's given for you. So if I look back at the things that I've given up for God, I can see beyond all those sacrifices because the greater sacrifice tops them all. And that hill is a greater hope and a greater blessing for each and every one of us so long as we're willing to surrender to God. Our Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for this morning. We want to thank you for your love. Father, help us as we journey with you to trust you in every step of the way because, Father, you have us in your mind and you have a purpose for each and every one of us. Some of us give up on our first trial. Some of us give up on our first struggle. Not realizing, Father, that there's a blessing waiting for each and every one of us if we stay on the course that you've given to us. So I pray, Father, that you'll give us the strength Lord, we're not asking that you'll take away our trials. We're asking that you'll give us the strength to be able to endure them. Bless each and every one of the students here today. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Let everyone say, God bless you.